A jury finds a popular weed killer caused cancer. That story and more on H2O Radio's weekly news report. I'm Jamie Sudler. I'm Franny Halperin, and it's This Week in Water. A jury in San Francisco awarded a man nearly $290 million to be paid by Monsanto because the company knew of the cancer risks posed by its weed killer Roundup and failed to warn consumers. Roundup contains glyphosate and is the most widely used pesticide in the world. Traces of it are commonly found in water, air, food, and soil samples. While the EPA says the product is safe, the World Health Organization concluded that it's probably carcinogenic. The case was brought by 46-year-old Dwayne Johnson, who worked for a Bay Area school district as a pest control manager. He sprayed large quantities of Roundup from a tank attached to a truck. Gusty winds would cover his face with the pesticide. One time, when a hose broke, he was drenched. At one point, he contacted the company but was never warned it could cause cancer. Four years ago, he was diagnosed with terminal non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. The trial took a month, with Johnson's lawyers claiming the product caused his cancer. Newsweek reports that additionally, the jury was shown Monsanto had suppressed and manipulated scientific literature about the product, including ghostwriting studies and targeting academics and journalists who questioned glyphosate's safety. The California case is the first of hundreds to go to trial against Monsanto. It's rare that U.S. Senate races turn on environmental issues, but the one going on in Florida just might due to toxic algal blooms that are plaguing parts of the state. The blooms have threatened the state's tourism industry and, according to the Washington Post, are caused by nutrients that come from farm runoff. The blooms aren't just slimy, smelly, and unsightly. More than a dozen people were treated over a two-day period by healthcare professionals in Port St. Lucie for nausea, vomiting, and rashes. Drinking algal bloom-infested water can cause long-term liver disease. Rick Scott, a Republican and the current governor, is running against incumbent Democratic Senator Bill Nelson. Scott released an ad last week blaming Nelson for failure to act on the problem and allowing the federal government to release water from Lake Okeechobee where the nutrients collect. Nelson in turn blames Scott for tearing apart the state's capability to head off environmental disasters. Governor Scott has sharply reduced budgets for environmental agencies, cutting scientists and engineers whose jobs were to monitor pollution and algal blooms. A spokesperson for the Florida Sierra Club criticized Scott for failing to enforce the Clean Water Act and pollution regulations. Instead, he cut them back and eliminated a large part of his enforcement staff. In July, Scott took some action, ordering an increase in water quality testing and setting up a grant program to help pay for cleanups. Recently, Scott held a slim margin over Nelson in an average of various polls. A first-of-its-kind study published in the journal Nature and conducted in Australia may help scientists predict the impact of climate change by observing microbes in the ocean. Researchers cataloged about 175,000 different microbes, which they'll monitor, using them as a kind of canary in a coal mine as global warming continues. Dr. Mark Brown from the University of Newcastle told the Australian Broadcasting Corporation that the ocean's bacteria are the basis of the food chain and produce 50% 
90% of the planet's oxygen. They are sensitive to environmental changes and will be the first responders to an environment out of kilter. Microbes are also important because they sequester carbon. Dr. Brown said that the marine microbes are possibly the most important organisms for keeping the planet healthy and habitable. Tracking them is the first step in being able to observe their changes. In a different study, scientists have documented a decline in bird species in the Mojave Desert in Southern California and Nevada, which they attribute to climate change. A team from the University of California, Berkeley, conducted a three-year survey and concluded that on average, 43% of the species that were there a century ago have been lost. Kelly Iknayan, who worked on the study, told UC Berkeley News that California deserts have already experienced quite a bit of drying and warming because of climate change, while some species might have adapted, they are also at their physiological limits. Birds are an important part of the ecosystem. They spread seeds and pollinate plants and are also an important food source for predators. The researchers found that the most significant change associated with bird declines was a long-term decrease in precipitation. Areas of the Mojave that still have available water saw less decline in birds, which suggests that dehydration is a major factor. And finally this week, it's summer, and that means lots of cone zones and highway construction. Roadwork also means lots of disturbed ground and steep cuts that can lead to erosion. Eroded soils can quickly be overtaken by noxious weeds, and runoff of sediment can harm fish and other aquatic life. So to prevent erosion, slopes are typically revegetated with fast-growing grasses and covered with a mix of straw and shredded coconut hulls, something called erosion control blankets. The blankets buffer slopes against sun and rain until seeds germinate and plants can take hold. But recently, when the Montana Department of Transportation needed to reseed a road cut on an exposed west-facing slope, the plants had difficulty surviving. Enter Rob Ament, a research scientist at Montana State University with an idea he thought might work better dipping into your sock or sweater drawer. He and a team of researchers thought wool might work better than the straw and coconut holes, and after a four-year study, the results were, in his words, stunning. The researchers tested erosion blankets made of wool blended with straw side-by-side side with the old method, and by the end of the study, the wool blanket had three to four times more grasses growing. Ament told the Sydney Herald that he suspects the faster growth was because the wool held more moisture for a longer period and because it's about 17% nitrogen, likely fertilized the plants as it broke down. He said that the wool also appears to adhere better to soil on steep embankments, which has us saying, wool be darned. That's it for This Week in Water. We'll see you next time. This Week in Water is supported by the American Water Works Association, highlighting the latest cost-effective strategies to manage aging infrastructure at the Water Infrastructure Conference and Expo, October 28th to 31st in Atlanta. Learn more at awwa.org forward slash H2O Infocon.